0: It's only films to be buried with. Hello and welcome to Films to be Buried with. My name is Brett Goldstein. I'm a comedian, an actor, a writer, a director, a star lead and I love films. As Plato himself once said, Wise men speak because they have something to say. Fools speak because they have to say something. But fuck it, I will say it. Superman vs. Batman, Dawn of Justice is brilliant. You can all go fuck yourselves. Wow, Plato there. Not all philosophy is deep, I guess. Every week I invite a special guest over. I tell them they've died. Then I get them to discuss their life through the films that meant the most to them. Previous guests include Jamila Jamil, Ricky Gervais, January Jones, Catherine Ryan and even Eddie, 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 Eddie Gambler. But this week, my special guest is the brilliant comedian Kiri Pritchard-McLean. So,, uh, I, I mean, if you're listening to this at the time it came out, you might be aware that the world's gone absolutely fucking mad, and I thought it would be weird if I didn't at least mention it, uh, acknowledge it. And well, I hope you're all all right. I mean that sincerely, and I really appreciate you using some of your enforced downtime to listen to this podcast. I hope you're also using that time. To do the creative thing that you always said you were going to do. Apparently, Shakespeare wrote King Lear when he was in quarantine or whatever. I'll be honest, I've never seen it. People rave about it, but probably not my kind of thing. But I'm sure it's good. I'm sure, I mean, I get the impression it's good. Uh, but you can do whatever you want. I think now's the time to write that book you're going to write, do that painting, make a collage. I don't know what a collage is, but if you want to make one, make one. I hope I'm not encouraging you to do something. Uh, illegal I don't know if collages are illegal will someone text me and tell me what collage is the point is I hope that you're all right I hope that you're looking after each other and I hope that you're you know meditating and being kind to people because it's mad all this but I think there's positives in it right we're all in this together we really are and if you're lucky enough to have a roof we'll make your collage under it anyway I also have to say this, right? This is, this bit makes me feel a bit icky, but like, I have a Patreon, right? I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna tell you the exact thing of it. I have a Patreon. Normally at this point I say I have a Patreon, I put extra stuff on it, which I do. The reason I bring it up is because a lot of people have signed up for the Patreon in the last few days. I'm genuinely touched by that. It really means a lot to me. I'm not gonna ask anyone else to join the Patreon, because I think if you have spare money, everyone's worried about money. If you have spare money, you should probably give it to doctors and nurses and places that need it more but the reason I bring it up is I'm very grateful to the quite a few people who have joined in the last few days it does mean a lot to me thank you and there is extra stuff for Kiri this week brilliant secrets all sorts you'll love it so I need to be clear about this episode we recorded this two days ago uh, basically three days into thinking oh right this is a thing now is it um we recorded it over Skype with two different mics. I was worried that that wouldn't work. I think it really worked. I have to sort of say, I think we were both a bit emotional and sort of overwhelmed by everything that was going on. So some of this podcast you might find a bit... mm, sad, maybe? But also, we do talk about boobs a lot, so it's not all bad. Um, I think that Kiri was absolutely brilliant and we had a lovely time together. There's lots of laughs in it. She's a brilliant person. If you don't know her stuff, she's a comedian, an actor, a writer all the things that will get you on this podcast she's achieved them all and she's just won an award the carolina Hearn bursa which is pretty fucking good anyway sending you all love hope you're all brilliant and that is it for now i very much hope you enjoy episode 88 of films to be buried with and welcome to Films To Be Buried With. It is me, Brett Goldstein, and I'm joined today over the magic of the internet by an actor, a writer, a sketch writer, a sketch director, a sketch performer, if she's interested, a comedian, an musicaler, a news jacker, and best of all, a Carolina Hearn award-winning fundraiser, And, or something, and a podcaster extraordinaire. She loves murdering and listening and talking about murders. Please welcome to the show, the brilliant Kiri Pritchard-McLean.
2: thank you. Just for the record, I am not an actor.
3: (laughs) I'm even
2: a sketch performer. I'm so bad at all that stuff. I, I avoid it at all costs. In fact, the only time I act is if I want to write something and they say, you can't write it unless you're in it. And that's Mm. when... So if you see me acting, it's because I've really wanted to write something and they've said that part of it is I have to be in it.
0: That's interesting. Can you give me an example of when that has happened?
2: Well, the two times I've acted. um, So that's... uh, I wrote a Halloween short for Sky that the fantastic Jordan Brooks was in. um, And I wanted to just be a corpse that a conversation happens over and they weren't into that idea. They were like, no, no, we want you to be in it. But I'm shit so i can just about play myself <laughs> and then As i did yeah yeah uh, but they they wouldn't <laughs> let that happen so i had to actually talk and things and then i did another thing it was just like a little um bbc3 online sketch about uh how i always think um i'm pregnant when i'm hungover <laughs> or my period isn't late i'm just <laughs> bad at counting um and so i wanted to do it um uh, but funny. i didn't want to be in it but i it was part of the deal as I needed to be in it. So it's just me overacting in pyjamas, if you want to watch that. I'm sure that's online somewhere.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that sounds excellent. So, well, I guess we can pretend like everything's as it at normal. <laughs> but this is the first episode. I don't know when this particularly will come out. But for the record, this is the first podcast we're recording since uh, the end of the world. Mm -hmm. And the way we're doing it is over the internet, (laughs) and I prefer to be in a room, but we are looking at each other face to face. And um, obviously, uh, there's a couple of zombies running around in the background (laughs) behind me, and uh, I've seen a couple of things flying past Kiri, but we're here together. I guess the question is, how are you coping with uh, the end of
2: days um i i'm really sad i've just so basically it's not been announced yet and it's not been confirmed yet but i'm pretty sure today is the day that my tour gets cancelled which is um obviously so sad when you work on something for ages and i also Mm. thought i'd game the system because i was i'm touring then doing edinburgh not the other way around so i was like i've won i've beaten it i've cracked but I, I will never know if I actually have, because who knows if any of that's going ahead. Hmm. So yeah, I'm okay. And then, um, I'll just go like my family still lives in Wales. So we'll just escape to, um, the countryside in Wales for however long. Um, which is great. Cause I'm like really bad at taking time off anyway. So this yeah. should be like, I'll just be forced to all those emails I've got where people are like, Oh, send us a treatment over for that, that I haven't done or like oh yeah. you said he had an idea for a book. I'll just hopefully get all that done. But I imagine I'll actually just um just sit and look at Instagram all day like I do when I have any time off.
0: Yeah that I think that's that's the thing that um aside from the death of everyone <laughs> and all the things I'm worried about. It is mostly that I would that I I think the only sort of positive to take from it is we are all being forced to have a breather, yeah. which we never do, and I am genuinely think that there's something sort of profound about that if you think about it. And yet, my fear is that we will spend it looking at Twitter and it's yeah. <laughs> and then it'll it pass and go, What did you learn in all that downtown? And go, Oh, she that person should be cancelled, yeah,
2: totally. Well, I uh, one of the good things about Wales is because the signals absolutely dog shit. I don't actually spend that much time on the internet, oh, that's good. and I'm also really good at being outside when i'm there because it's you know there's always yeah. stuff to do like there's a barn that my parents have got that is uh, in fact me and my brother's probably going to dismantle an asbestos barn and um, so really getting some good news out of those hazmat oh. suits <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh bloody hell um uh uh kiri i mean this this part seems <laughs> more poignant than it normally does uh, but i forgot to tell you Sally. <laughs> and in a way it's probably something you've been thinking about more than normal uh and i should have probably told you at the beginning but in a way there's so much going on i didn't want to add to your concerns (laughs) but i'll i'll just say um you've died you've died oh god you've you've already died was it the
2: asbestos or was it the coronavirus
0: uh you tell me how did you die (laughs)
2: um i definitely think it was and you know what probably me it would be falling oh no it will be slipping in the bath after all that i bet i go with something that's totally benign that's nice. also i've been um i've been convinced i've always been convinced that i'm gonna die young which i think is a is a form of narcissism and um, mm. but i think i think it'll be my tits that get me because my had breast cancer a couple of times and i've got even bigger knockers than her so i'm just there they're very sexy ticking time bombs, is my is my theory. <laughs> so yeah, maybe I think that, yeah. Can
0: we, the, the way you phrase that, I think it, my tits will get me. Instead of it being um, sad because of breast cancer, can we make it that your your tits become sentient and they turn against <laughs> yeah. you and they remove themselves from your chest and then, and then smother you to death? Yeah, sex?
2: or do you remember stressed Eric where that vein would come out of his head and wrap around his neck? Maybe that's what my yeah. tits do because they're quite long anyway. So maybe Stress just while foods. I'm sleeping, they just sort of like strangle me.
0: I do much prefer that. <laughs> so you fall over in the bath and get strangled by your own boobs
2: absolutely what perfect. a way to go
0: <laughs> and what's great about that death is not only is it sort of ironic it's also funny and sexy <laughs> that's a yeah. that's a perfect death
2: <laughs> yeah but also you wouldn't want to see it happen which sums up like so much of the stuff that I create and put out into the world <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, do you worry about death? I mean, this—I always ask this on this podcast, and I was thinking now it's like, God, it's taken on a real different tone. The old films to be buried with idea, yeah. In recent weeks, how, how do you how do you feel about it?
2: Oh, so I'm kind of very chill about me dying. Yeah, actually, unless it's something to do with a, a long battle with cancer. Because my partner nursed his mother through that, I just don't want him to have to go through that again. Yeah. But I am, so I, but I'm quite chill about my death, other than that. But other people around me, I am, I like have a real issue with that. De- I can't deal with death or loss at all. And, mm. um, and my parents are both in their seventies now. And my dad has a really bad chest, has just had a pacemaker fitted. Like, it's a good job they're fairly remote where right. they are. Um, but yeah, I, I worry about it all the time. Like, losing someone, I... Because I I literally am, like... This is, like... I don't have, like, suicidal thoughts or anything, but when I think about grief and how I deal with it, I'm like, oh, I'd just kill myself, and then it would stop hurting. Like, it's, like, a perfect logic for me. Yeah. Yeah, but... um, So I, I don't... The, the the answer is is like I lost my grandparents, but you know they had been they were much older and like they lived away from us. And I I love both my grandmas very much, but I think when my parents go, I'm gonna really fuck it. I just don't mm. I don't think I've got anything in me to deal with that stuff. I'm really really bad, even if I think about death too much, yeah. Or, or like so some films if they're too like deathy, yeah, oh, I find it really heavy. But, you, yeah. Are
0: your are your parents isolating now for twelve weeks?
2: Um, yeah, I mean, I know everyone's been like, oh, I've been self isolated for years. <laughs> my parents don't have, uh, but like my parents do not have friends and uh, they have each other mm. uh, and not in an adorable way all the time. Just, you know, like, <laughs> just to totally just, like of Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it, yeah, I mean, they remind me of a film that I'm going to mention later. Oh, great. But they, um, they're like, they work the land still in their 70s. They're not as like involved in the farm, but they're always outside doing stuff and they are, yeah. So they'll be fine. Um,
3: right.
2: I'm trying to convince them to shop online, but they've also got this arrogant baby boomer attitude of like, oh, well, no one's telling me to stay at home. And I'm like, I'm literally telling you to stay at yeah. home. You are like not stronger than this thing. Mm-hmm. Like just be sensible. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think they'll, hopefully they'll be all right.
0: Yeah. Hopefully. Well, it's interesting because my, my parents, you know, I've been telling them, stay indoors and all that. And I've also been saying, I can't see you. I, I can't see you because I could make you ill. And they're oh. like, well, you could, you could just get in your car. As long as you weren't outside, you'd get in your car and come and visit. And I was like, no, I'm the, you know, I'm the... Anyway, what I realised is I got very sad. I felt like, you know, really sad when it was like they finally sort of accepted that they kind of need to stay in for 12 weeks. And I felt really sad that, oh, I'm not going to see them and do that. But then I realised in the last three days of being locked down, they have FaceTimed me more. I've spent more time talking to them than I have in four years.
2: Yeah. I'm hoping that it will mean I can, cause I, I'm like you, I'm like trying and like speak to them once, once a week at least like mm. a couple of times, but like my dad doesn't hear very well right. and they don't have Skype. They're not very tech tech savvy. So like if I call my mum on WhatsApp, she'll never answer it. She's just too frightened of it. And, um, and I've started leaving them voice notes now on WhatsApp. They've got their heads around that. They're quite like that, but the dream is skype because you can it's so important to see people but um yeah yeah we'll see
0: yeah do you think there's an afterlife
2: the way i see it is i have to think there is because the idea that when
0: mm-hmm.
2: someone is dead they're gone forever i find too overwhelming so i have to believe that there is something yeah. else but i don't know what it is or how it is or but i just ha- i i'm too much of a child, basically, to ever do, be like... You know, I, I know deep down there's like, oh, there's nothing but like cold muckless and it just ends.
0: Well, is it? Is that what you know deep down? Yeah. Because I think... Is it really? That's what you think deep, deep down you go, actually, there's the cold... Like, this is all just absolute chaos and there's nothing.
2: Yeah, it, it switches off and it's it stops, doesn't it? It just stops. But I have to... <laughs> I have to believe in something more like ethereal than that because otherwise I think... Even the idea of grief becomes overwhelming for me. Otherwise, yeah,
0: but I, I think that. Well, look, maybe I'm trying to enforce this, but the thing you say about deep down, deep down, I go, but deep down, deep down, is the is consciousness is is this this intangible thing that we cannot explain? That is what the fuck is this thing in your head that that thinks and dreams and sees? And do you know what I mean? Like there is something magical that isn't just well it's just a synapse goes into this and this and like deep down deep down isn't there something
2: yeah like a bit of magic and what happens to that yeah yeah absolutely yeah the the (laughs) essence of what someone is I've never even seen like a dead body I talk about it a lot with my partner because he's been through it and yeah, and he's just mm. like, yeah, you really know when you see a dead body. And I'm like, I don't think I could deal with, mm. like, seeing my mum or my dad, like, cold and not, and like, you know. And he was like, but it's not them anymore. You just see that yeah. that them was all the other stuff. And this is just the shell that they came in. You know, it's like, it's like the box yeah. they came in. But uh, I still, honestly, I think I'm going to, like, I'm going to f- fully this is like one of the reasons why I'm like an insane workaholic <laughs> deep down is like f- f- driven by guilt, but also by like, let's just get all the work done because obviously when, when your parents die, you're going to lose your mind and, and to be, to be too sick to ever work again, yeah. you'll, you'll never be considered a reliable, uh, safe pair of hands yeah. when you're, f- once your parents are dead.
0: <laughs> but, yeah. Well, I'm glad that we're cheering each other up during this, <laughs> 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 during this difficult time. Um, but listen, I do have actually good news. There's a heaven, baby. Thank God. (laughs) And it's great. And there's uh, cinemas are open up there 24-7. You can sit with people, you can sit without people, however you want to do it. There's popcorn, sweet, salt, sweet and salt mixed, some in layers, some just rattled together, however you like it. How do you like it?
2: I like it, um, a mixture of sweet and salt rattled together mm. and I always go, buy one that's too big and I'm like, oh my God, what am I going to do with all this? And then uh, be like, you've got to have some um, and then whoever I'm with has like one small handful and I just happily eat the rest myself yeah. without even realising. It's a sub it's a completely mm. like, I-, I don't even know I'm doing it. It's a reflexive act to just chow down through a whole massive box of popcorn. Yeah. I love it.
0: It's the best. Great. and
2: popcorn's had a real great sort of 18 months have you noticed it's really rebranded like it's everywhere it's, <laughs> it's now just like hey guys popcorn
0: actually for all the yeah. dark things going on it's been a great year for popcorn
2: oh not popcorn long which everyone's getting from vaping but i mean like you know people are like popcorn's now like guys I'm a viable snack for your lunch what's like, popcorn long I think it's this disease that people got from breathing in like water vapor, and you get this thing called popcorn lung, which mm. is like horrific. And now it started appearing in people who vape. I think. Okay, like, let's go get back Google to it. sweet
0: and salt popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> uh, we're here to brighten your day with <laughs> popcorn and popcorn lung. I love popcorn, and I love. I get. I get an extra large and eat it myself to death, and I'm very oh. happy. Love what flavor. It. I do, I do mixed, and I've started to mix that up. I've started to realize that actually, one way of doing it, which is surprisingly good, is salt at the bottom, sweet on the top. You eat all the sweet, and then you think, ah, oh, you know, I've sort of overdone it on the sweet, and then suddenly you go into the salt, and you are like, hello, I am coming back. And it's like, it's like you, it's like basically doing a pill oh. and then smoking weed. <laughs>
2: Oh, I thought, because it's sort of like a reverse of, like, dinner, where you have, yeah. I would have thought you'd go salty and then finish with a pudding, but you're...
0: That's what I'm saying. You, that's what the, the standard thinking is. But, you know, we need to rethink all our models here.
2: <laughs> Everything's <laughs> going to change after this virus anyway, so I um, think that's a great place to start. After this virus,
0: everyone's going to be going, sweet, then salt, baby. <laughs> um, now, in this heaven that is real... Everyone is delighted you're there. They're very happy to see you. and uh, But they're obsessed with films.
2: Is that weird? Mm-hmm. No, it's no. a great... Okay, yeah, yeah, I like it, I like it.
0: Are you obsessed with films?
2: I really love films, but I have... Films and music, mm-hmm. I basically have huge gaping gaps in my cultural knowledge because we didn't really have much of either growing up my parents don't really engage in culture generally right um and they're not like oh because we always read like (laughs) i I think it's being i think it's because we're just always out all of us out on the farm working so like there just wasn't that time for stuff and it's not great really (laughs) um so like and they're, they're you know my parents are like neither of them are like very educated so they're not like god film's a chance to brighten your horizon it's like a way to like right there's nothing on telly what which one of the same five films should we put on again so i didn't ever have like a, a education in film you know you're getting new disney vhs every christmas oh, nice. but that- but that was that was that was it really. So I I'm going to love being in this heaven where I can learn Cut about out. stuff. Yeah, yeah, can't wait.
0: Well, what these people want to know about is your life through film, and the first thing they ask you is, what is the first film you remember seeing?
2: The first one I remember seeing at the cinema. I don't. I, I only remember like a scene from it and the feeling of being sat in a cinema. So where I'm from in North Wales, the closest um, cinema is in Bangor. It doesn't exist anymore. It's like a little, like. Art Decoy, probably about two hundred capacity little theatre, one screen, and it, you, there was rumours it used to be a porn cinema. Nice. Uh, it's now Dominoes underneath some student flats. <clears throat> so that's twenty minutes away from our house, twenty minute drive. So went there, and I remember watching Jungle Book, and I I remember seeing Car on the screen like twisting round yeah. something when he's singing Trust in Me, Trust um, in so me. I have that like mental image of that. And that's oh, yes. that's the earliest thing that I remember. But it must have been like I can't even work out the timelines whether I'm like whether it would have been because it's such a little shit cinema. Whether they would be like we're showing Jungle Book even though it wasn't yeah, out. Yeah, there been a re-release I mean. thing. Yeah, that, yeah. So. Um, it, i remember that and and just that feeling of being in the dark with all these people and you hear so much about the cinema the cinema is always the thing that's referenced and like because it's just not a lot in the countryside i remember it being feeling like quite glamorous and quite like oh i now i'm part of this club where you go to the cinema and i can say what it's like and i'm going to tell people in school i went to the cinema at the weekend and that being really exciting nice. and then i think at home it was um well, I have a really distinct memory of, like, so my brothers are about, uh, well, they're seven and nine years older than me, and, uh, like, boy boys, you know what I mean, like, you know, well, farmers. seven
0: team. and, how, how how much, what's the age differences?
2: So, I'm 33, so yeah. my middle brother is 40, and oh, my wow. other one's 42. Okay. So, yeah, so when I was, uh, there was a big age gap, yeah. Um and so I remember us all sitting down in the living room <clears throat> and watching E.T. and the lights were off. So, you know, as it yeah. to make it better. So we're on this, like, absolutely shit TV watching E.T. And I remember everyone crying, but we were not a family that cried at all. Like, And it was like, you shouldn't really show if you cried. Mm-hmm. So everyone trying in their own different ways to hide it. So, like, one brother sitting with his sort of, like you know, his his fingers and his, his thumb just sort of up over the side of his face trying to hide it. And then I remember one of my brothers yawning loads. <clears throat> and every time he yawned, he'd stretch up and wipe the side of his eyes away from, like, the, yeah. with the inside like of his arm. Like a boy
0: putting his arm around the girl in a girl on a yeah.
2: date. But doing it where he, like, wipes yeah. his own face of tears as he goes past. Because it's like, you know, there's so many right, really incredibly sad moments in that film.
0: Yeah, it's fun. And also having a
2: film that, like... Anna, a world that felt that big in your little living room on a, you know, like, cause the farm is surrounded by fields. The mm. lane is half a mile. Then you get to a village, which only has 50 houses in it. You're on an Island. That only has 60,000, well, probably even less than 60,000 people on it. Wow. You're in Wales, So it's like, we're so small. Yeah. And just this idea of like seeing like, well, there's spaceships and like, there's American accents. Suburbs. And like, it just, yeah. Like yeah. Or, or, or anything like that like felt impossibly glamorous i remember even watching biker grove uh, when i was a kid and thinking they are so lucky because I, I couldn't believe they had a youth club and look all those young people together yeah. and oh my god and like so yeah i remember feeling like films <laughs> so, is like oh you get to see a big world yeah like, it shows you something yeah
0: so did you feel growing up in that environment did you think it was normal until you saw stuff on telly and then you were like oh no we're exceptional here or did you
2: i definitely think oh well, like everyone i think you think your life is normal yeah. and then there's various things that like my life is uh like a very unusual in fact you're getting at it, a weird point because that that bursary that you mentioned the carolina hearn thing it's yeah. got announced yesterday and then i've had like thank you very much but i've had so much shit about it because i'm not working class and people are like she doesn't need it basically Hmm. and I think that's in many ways that's a fair point so I have like my world which I thought was normal so I grew up on a farm and mum uh, mum was a farmer and um what and dad was like a he got laid off and was signing on and then he was a mechanic for a bit right and because there's this age gap the boys were really poor but then about 10 years later i come along and, and they're kind of doing all right by then so they spend they they go out and get extra jobs and put me in a private school so my primary school is private and my secondary school is normal right right but so my secondary school i think i'm poor because everyone talks about me being poor because i am the poor one Right. so i think i'm poor even though i have my own bedroom and there's a pony in the field you know a shetland pony that right. <laughs> fucking you, do you know what I mean I, I think I'm poor because yeah. I don't have a swimming pool and we don't have a playroom and we don't go on holidays and you know, I don't get get the lessons that the other kids get because my parents can't afford it and then I go to a normal school and then I'm like oh yeah, fuck really? I'm really lucky because right. I have my own bedroom and we have
0: we have space <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah yeah and I've, I can run around and like they don't have gardens and stuff so it's this thing of like I didn't know what normal was and nothing ever felt I never felt I've never felt right. I've always Mm. felt like I'm not allowed in every club I've been in. That's
0: why you're a comedian.
2: Yeah, I think think it must be, yeah. But, like, so watching films was, like, I guess everything seemed, like, I was willing to take everything as, like, oh, it's just another thing I don't understand. Like, it's another thing I... It's just another place I don't
0: belong in space. Yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh, thanks a lot, mate. Yeah, well, (laughs) I'm not a giant shark either, so thank you very much. But, you know... I haven't got a
0: flying bike.
2: Yeah... (laughs) but yeah it all seemed like everything just seemed mad and and radical and not like us and like my parents are kind of odd people like like they are kind of unusual eccentric people who absolutely don't do their own thing and Mm. both got real problems with authorities but they're not hippies either they're proper sort of like probably bootstraps tories so yeah they're um, nothing seemed normal (laughs) yeah yeah
0: that makes sense I had uh, very close friends that I grew up with, and I always I always make we all, like me and my sister, it's one of our catchphrases, because one day, because you grow up, however you grow up, you think your childhood is normal until you meet other children, and then you realize, "Oh, other people don't you know, families work differently." And this girl said to us one day, or turned to her sister, it was two sisters, turned to her sister in front of us and went, "Actually, daddy is quite weird, isn't he?" <laughs> I Like, yes. And I remember us always talking about how weird their dad was. And I was like, finally, she gets it. They've got a weird dad. (laughs) Um, Anyway, what is the film that scared you the most? Do you like being scared? Now, you have a podcast about murderers.
2: Weirdly. So I used to be like, and I still will always seek out horror films, so um Kath and Ed who are in Gaines mm-hmm. um we always like when we hang out we're like should we get a bottle of Prosecco and watch a horror film it's our nice. like, go-to thing and also if we go to the cinema it'll always be a horror film that we watch really and I love it but I have noticed in the last five or six years I find it a lot harder going like mm. I feel I feel it in my chest and like I have to hide behind stuff now. I never as a right. kid I'd be sort of like and just like with same with um roller coasters I used to love as a kid, and now I'm like, oh i actually that how much I'm enjoying it is not as much as how much I'm hating it and finding it like a mm. like pure anxiety driven yeah. experience. so I have to be kind of i I love scary films and I love being scared, but only in certain ways, I fucking hate relentless jump scares. I hate, like, I saw the, the, recently we went and saw, like, the latest Halloween, and it was really jump scary, and I was just like, fuck off now, it feels like being punched in the chest, like, every time you forget, you know, like, playing that yellow car game, or, you know, when people do, like, an okay symbol below their waist, and if you see it, you punch it, it's like that kind of (laughs) feeling of just, like, this is just now irritating, like, so, I, but I do love it, I'm absolutely, and my dream is to write, like, a horror film. Like, I would absolutely love to. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) The film I remember first being, like, petrified to the point of, like, inertia Mm -hmm. was, um... It had that thing of, like, you know when you have a little telly in your room but you're not going to watch it late... And so you turn it right down so it's on the lowest level and it's, like, that far away from your face. And if you hear anyone come up the stairs, you switch it off. So I had, like, a little tiny telly that one of my brothers had bought me as a Christmas present. And it was, like, right next to my face and I was just sort of, like, flicking through. So The way you watch, Eurotrash, trash, basically. So I was flicking, <laughs> flicking through late one night and I started watching this film. I had no idea what it was. I hadn't even heard of it. And it was The Omen.
3: Ooh. And
2: fuck me. Like... That bit where he's developing the pictures and you see the mm. shadows going through them, like it was un. Unre- I remember just being like, like having to remember to breathe because I, I realized I hadn't been breathing for so long. I was so so scared, and in du- in the dark as well. And then that's when it really hits you when you like grow up in the countryside. You're like, there's no fucker out there. Like you can't if you scream, no one can hear you. Yeah. The walls in this house are six hundred years old, so they're about three foot. It. like yeah. you know it was just like it suddenly becomes stops being the safe place and it's like this is so isolated and it was terrifying and it was that thing of like pretending to my parents that i uh fell asleep with the light on because i needed to fall asleep with the light on for a while afterwards and oh god really? and just like the um i was talking about it um, my father before we started recording this and um, because he was asking what I would pick mm. and he was like this, the, the, um, the score on it is incredible. And, yeah. and like now in retrospect, I see that, but at the time I was basically a f- you know, 14, 13 year old who didn't realize how much I'm being manipulated by excellence. by Jerry Goldsmith, so I, Yeah. Yeah. So like this creeping dread, not knowing that, that it's, it's, you know, Brilliant set of an orchestra making me feel like that as well, and it's just I like the way that it is obviously set in Britain and it's quite cold looking. Yeah, just everything about it is like you know because normally British film just is sort of shorthand for shit, <laughs> but like I, I I mean it's just it has that like coldness of the mm. UK that it f- makes it feel real, like you can feel it in your bones. Yeah. God, it's just chilling.
0: And, you know, it's directed by Richard Donner, who I love, and who is in my Rob Reiner category. People don't give Richard Donner enough credit because he makes so many different types of films. He made Superman. He what? made The Omen. He made Lethal Weapon, 1, 2, 3, and 4. He made The Goonies. He made Bird on a Wire. I mean, he's covered all the bases. Love wow.
2: Him. Yeah, and I guess it must be really frustrating for him to be like look at everything i do and yeah. everyone's like yeah but you don't do not
3: do you don't you're do not one the, thing
2: you're, yeah you're not that the, you're not the definitive of that one thing how yeah. fucking frustrating but yeah, um, what a film
0: what is the film that made you cry the most do you cry a lot i know you're scared of crying in front of your family me too it's disgusting
2: it's bad isn't it mm. so there's two yeah. um for different reasons so who um i again in the last few years i've I'm much more of a crier than I ever was. I was a little girl. I was like, I would never cry if I fell over. And like, cause also like I would always want to play with my brothers. I absolutely the idolized yeah. them. And, uh, and then if I got hurt, I'd go to cry and they'd be like, if you cry, mum won't let you play with us. Yeah.
3: Oh, and i would wow. be like
2: okay because uh, they're right like yeah, i yeah. come home crying Mum's like well, what have you bloody boys done so it'd be like okay well you learn to not cry when something's hurting yeah. because then you get to spend time with the things you love so she's like but when you look back now i'm like well that's incredibly unhealthy yeah um, but the two films one is massively my fault where i was just in floods of tears so it's um if you seen mary and max it's like an animated yes film.
0: yes For, quite recent with the old older man and younger girl right
2: yeah, yeah. and the uh, the guys on the autistic spectrum like,
3: go
0: um
2: on. yeah so basically i watched the beginning of that and then fell asleep and then i woke up at the end with the like denim one which um spoiler alert yeah um, given it. he he dies. And I'm getting like upset about it now, so mm. I have no idea what happens in the middle of that film. But I just see how he dies, and it's meant to be like an incredibly uplifting film. Yeah. And I'm like, that is the most traumatic thing I've ever seen in my life because I don't get like the journey, so yeah. it's not payoff. So I just see this mer- like, oh god it's so so sad Mm. and I've got no idea what happens in this fucking film (laughs) and everyone I was with because I was with Gaines as well they were like it's not a sad film it's a beautiful (laughs) film and I'm like I never want to watch that fucking piece of shit again how dare it do that to me and I was so Mm. so angry about it about the manipulation that I felt (laughs) so yeah I can never watch that Oscar winning benign cartoon (laughs) fucking *Marion Max (laughs) because of what it did and then the other one is um, Dear Zachary. Is like oh, my such, God. Is
3: yeah. I mean. It's like,
2: and it's the kind of thing as well because it's so relentlessly sad in it. Mm. Every It's a, just like any, these so many tragedies that happen is like at every point it feels like the wrong decision was made mm. by people you're meant to trust and who are meant to protect you. Yeah. And so like the this telling of that story is just like, oh, it's totally rinses you out and, and stays with you for weeks and weeks and weeks. Yeah. You go back and you have a flashback and you're like, if someone just did this, everything would be okay. Mm. And it's, I hate, I have a real problem with things where then, like personally, my like greatest fear is always things I can't take back. Yeah. So I think that's one of the reasons I've like never cheated on anyone. Because like the fear to me of like cheating on someone, you know, can never take that moment back, mm. but you have to always live with those consequences. Is like, yeah why i would never like as an adult drink drive i definitely have when i was a kid in the countryside driven home the next day when i probably still had booze in my system like full disclosure um but like i would never being that thing of being like yeah but you can never take if you did something you would never take that back so like do zachary is basically a film where there's like six or eight plot points for want of a better word where shit decisions are made that affect someone else and mm. that can never be taken back and it's whoa.
0: Ed Gamble brought it, up this film and for anyone listening uh may I recommend you never watch dear Zachary
2: yeah it's I that's a weird thing it's it, it's um it's a documentary which is probably my favorite weirdly genre of film mm. is documentaries but I would say never never yeah never, watch, never it.
0: watch it you like uh murderers You like real stories of, you like true crime, but when it's fun, like murders.
2: (laughs) Well, this is the thing, it's like a weird thing of like, I'm really interested in it, but I'm not like, Mm. great, there's been another one. Like, you know, it's, it is a weird thing. And also as I get older, I do actually find what we do and what we talk about on the podcast harder.
1: Because, Mm. you know,
2: you're just like, oh God, it just really makes you think about the world. And like, Mm. there's a lot of bad people out there. And and also, uh, you know, when you start to get broody and think about family, you're like right well you know yeah i I mean we're going to adopt but like you're still taking responsibility for people's welfare and and how they're going to navigate the world and the world that they're going to have to navigate
0: yeah and
2: yeah yeah so don't 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 watch it (laughs) don't watch that film
0: (laughs) what is the film that people don't like they don't like it critically not acclaimed but you love it unconditionally
2: well, again, I've got two. I'm so sorry I've got two. But one I said, and my partner was like, I think everyone loves that film. Go on. Um, so, so my first instinct, uh, So, okay, so that one is The Mummy um, with Brendan Fraser. Oh, yeah, everyone loves The Mummy. Rachel that's Weiss. good.
0: Not the, okay. not the new one. Everyone hates the new one. No, 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 no,
2: no, no no no. Yeah. no. no, no, Okay, so that's fine. Okay, well, let's take that one off the list then. Okay. Um, but it's brilliant, and Rachel Vice is one of the most, uh, doesn't matter, but also one of the most attractive humans I've ever seen. Doesn't
0: um, matter, but good luck to her.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not important but it's worth mentioning. Um and the the other one is this is She's also this got a
0: personality Kirish.
2: <laughs> um is um one of the like I say, like five to seven films that we had on VHS that you'd hear mum like swiping through them when it's like, Should we watch a film? Mm-hmm. Going through the same ones and this would be It it, between this and the Maverick with Mel Gibson that we would always watch, and the film was The Rock with Sean Connery and Nicolas Cage.
0: Mate, The Rock is the best Michael Bay film, other than arguably Bad Boys Two. The Rock is so good; (laughs) it's brilliant.
2: And I think it's used as a touchstone for a shit film, but like Sean Connery's brilliant in it. He's brilliant. the, the plot of it being Alcatraz as Brilliant. a hostage thing is great. Bad guy like...
0: with a good mission. The bad, bad guy's guy. mission actually is legit. He has a legitimate point he's making.
2: Yeah, it starts off with a very uncomfortable um, sex scene with Nicolas Cage, which is quite always, no pun intended, hard to ride out with your parents. But it is um, also just, like, the visual thing of, you know, they're, like, disarming, like, nuclear weapons, yeah. right? And they've got these green, green, like...
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah, green glass things. Like, that is so visually pleasing. Obviously just filled with, like, bubble bath or, or like, aloe vera gel that you use on sunburn, but, like... You know, it's like really stim stimulating to watch stuff like that. I thought it's br- like brilliant, and i m- I must have seen it like twenty times. It must have just it always went on. And we like, should we watch The Rock? And we're like, yeah, we all like that. And it would go on.
0: It's got one of my favourite jokes in it as well. But if I do an impression of, I'm going to do this, and then you tell me okay. if I have to cut this because I generally don't know because it involves me doing a voice.
3: <laughs> but okay. There's a
0: bit in The Rock, and I think about it a lot. It's one of my funniest bits in cinema. There are people on a tour of Alcatraz, they step inside the prisons, all the doors lock and then Ed Harris, who's the bad guy, comes over the speaker and he says, you are now all hostages and you are staying here until I get paid, whatever. And it cuts to a man in one of the cells and he goes, what kind of fucked up tour is this?
2: It's great, isn't it? (laughs)
0: Uh, If that's going to get me cancelled, can you get cancelled during the apocalypse? I suppose you still could.
2: I think if, um, it, no, you can't, it won't make the news.
0: Hacks is back for season three and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators, Lucia and Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. Uh, what is the film that you used to love? You loved it and then you've watched it recently and you are gone, oh, I do not feel the same way. No more. Um, you've changed, I've changed.
2: Yes. And it's more, you know what? I've not watched it that recently, but I've, I've just got a feeling whenever I, the memorable bits from it for me and probably the reasons I loved it. Well, I'd say about 30% the reason why I loved it, the scenes I loved it for. I'm like, I think these will have aged horrifically. And part of me never wants to watch it go because on. I don't want to prove it to myself. So I used to love Chasing Amy. Um,
0: right. It's a great answer. And I know what you mean. Yeah. And I don't, I love Chasing Amy and I don't think we should watch it again just again.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's how I feel because it's yeah. like, because at the time I actually thought it was really nuanced and there still is definitely nuance. Like mm. Hooper, the black character, talking about how
3: Starboard. as a
2: black gay, gay fam gay guy, like he's way down. You know, talking about intersectionality before that was a conversation. Mm. Um, but ultimately the idea that a gay woman stops being gay and is basically, her sexuality is used... To let a, a guy self actualize, you know, yeah. like she's she's a manic pixie dream girl, um, but her sexuality is that is the is the manic pixiness of it. Yeah, is um is is kind of like oh, you know, tricky. And I, it's
3: tricky,
0: a little bit tricky.
2: It's tricky, it's tricky. Um, yeah, it's um. I love
0: that film. Though. That's a good shout. Let's never watch it just in case, but I really did used to love that film
2: and that speech that he gives to her in the car is beautiful, but mm. it ultimately is like probably one of the most problematic parts. <laughs> and Cause she's, it's amazing where she's like, fuck you. Fuck mm. you for like, you know, like I'm gay. And then comes back and kisses him. And you're like, Oh no. <laughs> and when I think about that, but when I watched it at the time, I was like, yeah. Oh, amazing. Like, and also just like, Oh, you can win someone with words. Like, I guess you can talk someone straight. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh.
0: It I meant think you so can talk to someone gay. but well, I don't know if you can talk someone <laughs>
2: straight. <laughs> I, I started off watching those weirdly. So one of my brothers had... That's how I started to watch more films as a teenager. My brothers are both really into films. And I think there was a load of their DVDs at the house. And like one day I started that New New Jersey trilogy yeah. with Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, which is full of callbacks and oh, in-jokes okay. and yeah. cameos. But I was like, oh, this is sort of funny. And they were like, "Well, if you like that, you really should watch the others." (laughs) You really like Um, it, yeah. So I watched it, and but Chasing Amy was the one Hmm. like that. I was like, "Fucking wow!" I just thought it was so much about. I love the Jaws reference where they're comparing scars. Yeah, like there was so much about it. I absolutely adored, and also he's someone like the League of Gentlemen where you listen to the commentaries and you get as much out of it as watching the film.
0: Well, he said, you know, he did my podcast, Kevin Smith, and it was such a bloody treat. And he basically said on it, the only reason he makes films is so he can do the Q&As because he's really good at the... I I was just thinking, well, just do stand-up. Just be a stand-up. You get to do that. But he's really good at that stuff. He loves it. Um, What is the film that means the most to you? Not necessarily because the film itself is any good, but because the memory you have with seeing that film that makes it special to you forever.
2: It's also a great film. Um, So it's Wes Anderson's Fantastic Mr Fox. Great film. It's gorgeous. Really good Um, film. So nice. And so when my partner and I... um, basically we'd been mates for ages mm-hmm. and then we got pissed and kissed each other. Nice. And then was like, oh, what the fuck have we done here? And we're just sort of like, it very complicated and we're like, what are we doing? And so like we had a big chat about it and we're like, obviously this could never happen. But like as soon as I kissed him, I was like, Oh no. I just I had never seen him like that before, but when you kiss someone just like everything changed. Yeah. It was like it was like everything went into H D or something and I could suddenly uh. see this thing and I was like, Yeah, it's the right thing that we're not together. You know, you know, big picture it's not right, but I, I, like I was like grieving inside for the idea of what we could potentially be. And then he, I was doing a gig. I was doing Rob tour, Rob Brydon's tour support, actually. And oh wow! Whatever set of circumstances it was, is he said, "Listen, I'll drive you." I think he was down in London anyway. He was he was doing a, an audition or a gig or something. So he said, "Well, I'll take you to that afterwards." So we drove down, and then he he kind of got back too late. And I said, "Oh, why don't you just stay over?" So he stayed at my brother's flat in London, and we ordered Japanese. Mm. We got this, this amazing Japanese. So we got so much food. And it was so good. And then we were like to watch Fantastic Mr. Fox because he is one of his favourite films. And we sat and watched it and I just the colours as well of it being like so warm and sunny and there's like autumnal colours just sitting there like bathed in that colour next to this person and having this weird ache of being like, I think this is the love of my life and I can't mm-hmm. do anything about it because it's not right for everyone else. And then the other side of being like knowing exactly how far you are. For, you know, when you feel someone so closely, mm. like I know exactly what tiny hairs on my body are touching the tiny hairs mm. on his. And we were just like, and I think at one point I like put my head on his shoulder and it was like the, this one of the sweetest, saddest moments ever. And that film is so beautiful. And now like we got, we're together and so happy. And like that film means so much, I know, to both of us. And, um, and I, I just like my, my thing is now like, I cannot wait till we're sat with our children, just like next to each other. Like I, it's going to be the greatest thing to watch that film together because it's gorgeous and it's funny mm-hmm. and like it's deft and it looks beautiful. But just that, that memory of, I guess it was like being like, oh, this is love and kind of weirdly accepting it can't happen, but also so much of you being like, this is all I want. Yeah, that film means loads to me. Were you
0: together after that night? No. Or was there still a long time?
2: Yeah, still a longer time.
0: Was there still a few seasons? Because basically you two are Monica and Chandler.
2: <laughs> I'd say there was a still another season ago. yeah.
0: <laughs> wow. <laughs> I love that so much. That's one of the best answers we've had to that question.
2: Oh really? Yeah. There's a. I got him when we were pals because I knew he loved the film. He loves foxes anyway. I got him a um, <laughs> really right nice. Um...
0: He loves plasticine <laughs> and foxes. He was in
2: heaven. <laughs> he really likes Jarvis Cocker uh, <laughs> solos. So he, um, I got him this picture. I got it. I got it framed, which it's, it's like a really beautiful illustration of when fantastic Mr. Fox is looking across that field, and on the rock is um the wolf lupus lupus and they do a little solidarity fist to each oh, other nice. um, and so it's like a, a, an illustration of, of you can see Fantastic Mr Fox the back of his head and the thing and that that's hanging up in a room at our house that is probably the first room that our children will sleep in oh, so like yeah God. it means loads to me
0: that is so nice Kiri out McLean <laughs> what is the sexiest film you've ever seen <laughs>
2: Okay, um, I've got two answers, I'm so sorry. Dirty so one, it <laughs> One is, I remember being really, like, fizzy-nickered when I saw <laughs> Cruel Intentions.
0: Well, you're only human.
2: <laughs> and also, at the time it came, like, the age I was, I was like, oh, my... You know, that's kiss with you, the tongue. And yeah. The, yeah, and the bit, I was like, what is this? Mm-hmm. You're just so, like, overwhelmed because obviously everything is, like, coursing through your veins anyway. But I just remember being like that is more erotic than, like, anything I can think of. And erotic's the right word as well, because, like, if you'd have shown me a erect dick, I would have been terrified. (laughs) But, like, that was so sexy and, like, intimate. And, like, yeah, so I remember... And also, there's a very sexy... Another one that my parents used to put on all the time is True Lies with Jamie Lee Curtis and Arnold Schwarzenegger.
0: Listen, True Lies (laughs) is incredibly problematic and fucking sexy as fuck.
2: And when she does that dance film oh it's like unreal um, and I yeah I haven't watched that back um, yeah I don't imagine it stood up very well but like that, I remember that mm. scene being like she's the sexiest thing I've ever seen yeah. like it was amazing so there's a nice you sexy. and Ed
0: Gamble have picked two two of the same films I think you and uh, Ed Gamble actually might be Monica and sorry your other partner <laughs> what is uh, now there's a subcategory troubling boners worrying why dance
2: What is a film Mm -hmm. you
0: found arousing? But you weren't sure you should.
2: I I think I'm going to give an answer that loads of people have given, so apologies for that. Oh, God, there's two moments. When Nala falls back in the grass in Lion King. Lovely. mad hot. Mm -hmm. But also just generally everything about the fox in Robin Hood. He's got loads of, like, swag. (laughs) He's really... He fights the good fight. Mm. Yeah, it is definitely him. He's just being like that weird thing of being like, I'm genuinely attracted to to a, a, a cartoon fox
0: right you're now back like, on with your partner in my head because he likes foxes you want to fuck a fox you two are great
3: together
2: <laughs> but like like literally watching this thing and being like oh yeah imagine being fucked by him <laughs> and like yeah i'd be screaming in the street while he knotted his barbed penis mm, into me like lovely the logistics are awful mm. but there was something about he was sort of like really smooth but without being creepy and Yeah, and naked from the waist down. It's everything I look for in a man. Little hat on. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Little hat and no pants. (laughs) He is very sexy. But then, you know, uh, Maid Marion in Fox Maid Marion is also fit as fuck. He likes her.
2: She's really hot. Yeah, she's really hot.
0: Um, What is objectively the greatest film of all time, please?
2: Okay, it's the Muppet Christmas Carol. Correct. Yeah. um, Correct. I've. I mean, you did the podcast that we did for a musical, and I, I'll start crying again when I think about it. I think the Muppet Christmas Carol is absolutely perfect. Yeah. There's so much about it. I Okay, so for me, I love Christmas. Yeah. It re- it, it's really true to the Christmas Carol and the sentiment behind it so i I recently read like the actual christmas carol when my partner and i were driving around loads and i was like i'm gonna read you a story while you drive us Mm. it's fucking Dick is really funny there's loads of great gags in it like you can read it and it really holds up and also the idea of it is this essence of christmas is about kindness and about goodness and it's about family and that's what it is like when i hear some of the music from it um wherever you find love, it feels like Christmas is one of the purest sentiments I've ever heard in my life. And I I frequently well up because I think about how much I love Christmas because Christmas to me as well, because I've always worked absolutely loads since I was a kid, since I was 14 and could like legally have a job, basically, worked loads and loads and loads. But the only time they cannot make you work is Christmas Day. So the only day I know I would have off every year would be Christmas Day. And like, as much as my family are like, you know, they'd have to, go, we'd have to go out and work and do bits on the farm, but like, They really go for it at Christmas. My mum loves the pomp of it and loves making three courses for breakfast and then massive, massive roast dinner and, like, presents is really important to us and, you know, like, never get anything off a list. It's always a surprise to show how much you thought about that person. So Christmas was a huge... For a godless family, it was a really huge deal. And when the Muppet Christmas Carol came along, it's a thing you can watch every single year. Everyone enjoys it. I watched it with... um, just before Christmas, Gaines and Goose came over um, to mine, and we were all just, um, we we watched My Christmas Carol because they hadn't seen it. And they were like, it was one of those things that I was so proud because, like, there's a laugh every sort of 10, 15, 20 seconds. Yeah. It, the, the gag rates insane and there's and there's like lines that are funny there's visual things that are funny there's physical like you know there's there's little details in the scenes so it was just so like yeah i fucking told you guys while they're like laughing along i'm like good because i didn't want this to be one of those things (laughs) that you show someone and everyone's silently going yeah that was nice i can see why you liked it as a kid but like it's flawless and like it's so special michael Caine is pitch perfect in it absolutely pitch perfect and Oh, God, it's so... Everyone's great. The puppets are brilliant. Like, the mm. casting of the puppets is perfect. Of course, Fozzie owns the business and was yeah. that kindly guy. Of course he does. And, of course, the the, the hecklers were the, were the Marlies, yeah. or Marley split into two. Like, it, uh, it's just gorgeous. It should be on the curriculum, like... 100%. Yeah. And, like, whatever your denomination is... Mm-hmm. There's something about the concept of Christmas. We aren't a religious family. I've never been to church in my life. None of us are christened. Whatever your, like I say, domination is and we're not Christian is, the idea of Christmas that you take some time to spend time with the people you love, look after each other with food and with gifts, and not that it's all about money. It can be like thoughtful gestures, Mm. but just spend time and play games together and do daft things like that and sweat through a paper hat is so important <laughs> and has to be protected because everything else gets pushed to the side. I agree. And I, think-
0: I love I love Christmas. It's the same with my family because it is the only day where it's like, there's no excuse. You've got to be together because no one else is working. You've got to work. No, we've all got to be together. But now I'm thinking that the coronavirus is like a big Christmas. So why don't we think of it like that?
2: that's honestly what I've Mm. been thinking about it is like, it's going to be like Christmas. It's going to be jigsaws and lots of cooking and like the ritual of cooking as well, which I mean, at Christmas growing up was just my mum being like, get off it, you one every time he tried to stir something. But like, since I've had a household of my own, like me and my Mm. my fella, like everyone's in the kitchen and talking and there's hot food and people are stealing. So it's just great. I love it. Love it. Love it.
0: The thing I've talked about Mother Christmas Carol far too much, so I won't say too much about it, because I think there's enough uh, on record of that I 100% agree with you, and it's a masterpiece. Uh, but there's also something about the story. I, th- I'm, I have said this, but a very long time ago, so I'm going to say it again, which is that the actual story of A Christmas Carol, I think, is the most perfect story in all of Western civilization, And that, aside from all the things that it's about, it's also like a a story about therapy it's about um, a man uh uh, revisiting his past accepting his present so that he can change his future which is basically mental health which is how you become how you can change and how you can become someone just told in the time period of of one night and there was a new version of it at the old vic uh, written by jack thorne Directed by Matthew oh, Walker. Did you see this? Was
2: was Reese Evans in yeah, it? Yeah,
0: Reese Evans was in it.
2: Yeah, I have no, I didn't. I wish I had. It
0: was. I mean, fuck me. Talk about crying. But anyway, aside from, he put two new scenes into it, and I can't even talk about about without crying. But I will try and tell you briefly. But one is because there's a thing that doesn't happen in the in the many versions, which is on the in the present at the end on it's Christmas Day and he's all happy and stuff. He goes to see Belle, his ex, because he's now, you know, cured, as it were. And he knocks on her door. Fucking hell. Oh, I can't even talk about it. But he knocks on her door and she's there and she has a family and she has a family indoors. And she stands on the doorstep to talk to him. And he sort of says, he basically says, you know, I'm sorry. And, uh, and you know, I want to see. And she sort of says, I have a family now and I'm happy. And, uh, mm. and I wish you well, sort of thing. And then he has to yeah. go off. And then there's this other scene, which is unbelievable, which is at the end of his whole journey with the ghosts. He returns to see himself as a little boy, who you've seen earlier in The Ghost of Christmas Past. And the little boy's just playing, little Scrooge is just playing with something. And he, older Scrooge, starts crying. And the ghost says, Why are you crying? And he says, I don't want him to grow up to be me. Oh my, oh my god. god. Come on, mate. Pull yourself together. But then there's yeah. a lovely, then he's you know, he moves on and makes the best of it. Anyway, it's an insanely profound piece of work and the Muppets Christmas Carol is the greatest film of all time.
2: Yeah. There's a bit from the book, I think, my memory's always really bad. But I wish was in it. So you know the bit at the end where he goes to the window and he suddenly sees all the spirits leaving. Mm. I'm sure there's a bit where it's so it's kind of him to go like this is just Scrooge's story. Yeah. Loads of people have lived their own thing tonight to remind them to be present and oh, to remember really? the feeling of Christmas. Yeah, I'm pr- I'm pretty sure oh, that wow. there's a thing a scene where all these spirits are going away and like it's the idea like this is a night where we're gonna fix this shit. Do you know what I mean? And like, oh, wow. like, remind that. you what it is to be. Yeah, that, that's lovely.
0: That's yeah, amazing. Lovely. But or, do all the spirits look the same? Or are they all different no, types? No, no, I think they're
2: all sort of like different types, different types. Wow. I think it's like their jury service that they go out and just <laughs> <laughs> knock on, on them. Oh, it's me on Christmas
0: Eve again. <laughs> got to <laughs> t- deal with this cat <laughs> no over here. I,
2: I worked last Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. <laughs> Come on, mate.
0: What have I got? Oh, God, one of them. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, what is the film you most relate to?
2: This is one I couldn't answer. I okay. don't. I, I don't. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> well, I just don't. It, maybe it's the thing of being like quite. Wi- like it's a difficult an question, unusual.
0: and it can be. You just like the vibe of it. You feel like that's like you, or it can be a character. Or it can, go on, you've got it.
2: i I've, I've just thought of it. Okay, this is. Um, I've always been like very tough. And I've always... I'm, I'm now, as I get older, trying to mellow that. And I've always, like, thought everything is a fight my whole life. Mm-hmm. To the point where I used to physically fight with people in school when I was younger. And I've always thought everything's... Because everything's been hard and really hard for my parents and watching all that and how hard they... So I've... Or, and because of that thing of, like, being an outsider, I've always been, like, aggressive, mm-hmm. definitely aggressive. And that thing of, like... And loud. I've always been really loud. My whole life everyone has always assumed that I'm always all right and the aggressor in situations. Right. When in fact I'm often not and I'm incredibly sensitive, especially when it comes to, like, friendships. And seeing uh, there, there are worse things I could do um, in Greece that Rizzo sings. There's something about that where she's like, you're all saying I'm this. And, I, and she's so fucking tough as yeah. well. And she's like, and I'm a slut and I'm this and I'm that. And she's like, but I'm not that. And she says, says, um, I don't steal and I don't lie, but I can laugh and I can cry. And she talks about, um, yeah. And she's, she's basically going, I would never attack you. That's the thing I'd, I'd never do. Mm. And she's just talk, she's basically going, I'm, I'm not what you think I am. I'm doing this to look after myself. And it's absolutely a form of protection. And that, that I relate to of being like, by the way, if you think I'm a cunt and a a bully or, you know, or domineering or anything, I'm inclined to agree with you. I am working on it, but know that that comes from a place from feeling like I have been like attacked and pushed out nearly my whole life. And like, so when I see her singing that, I'm like, yeah, I get that. I absolutely, like, I absolutely get that thing.
0: And you thought you didn't have an answer.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> what an answer. Um, Kiri, we don't like to be negative, so we'll do it quickly. What's the worst film you've ever seen?
2: Okay, this is... Um, I'm not going to... I thought about, you know... Because I, I, I hate critics, because I, mm. I, we live the other side of it, and even the good things can be incredibly hurtful. Yeah. So I'm not going to slag anything off like that. I'm going to talk about what was a film that was very hard for me to watch.
3: Okay.
2: Um, although, movie 43 would be my answer. Very <laughs> <laughs> Um are. <laughs> I think
0: but the makers like, of
2: that would agree. Yeah, but and they did it like it was dead cheap and they just yeah. did it to like burn a load of people's contracts. It, it served its purpose, definitely. Um although th- there is some unforgivable racism in there. So I recently went again, Gaines went on a little um staff do to watch a film so sorry to spoiler alert, it's still in the cinemas. To watch Invisible Man. Yes. Have you seen it? I
0: have seen Invisible Man.
2: It's brilliant. Oh thank god. I it's thought that was brilliant.
0: gonna be your answer for worst film. Brilliant.
2: It's great. However, I didn't know what it was about when I went right. in there. And it's a it's about it's like it's like gaslighting but mm-hmm. with a technological twi- twist. Yeah. So I I was in for a very long time this uh, a relationship with a lot of that going on and, and like um that I now finally feel the ownership to save it. it was an abusive relationship. So I had no idea what I was going into and like the thing I hated about oh, it too is that beginning bit where what's her name with the ginger hair the girl? Jessica Chester the girl. Yeah, Where she <clears throat> at the beginning, is trying to flee an abusive relationship.
0: Yeah, yeah. And
2: uh, I, 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 I hated that being used as again like yeah, a plot point. I know it's, it's part done of a...
0: quite. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think that's done very well. In it, it's done quite sort of cheaply. And
2: it is. It felt it quite feel... exploitative.
0: Yeah, exactly. I remember thinking this is not right. This bit.
2: No. So I lent over when we we're watching it to my mate. Who so I so with Gaines they were all they're like my best mates. Mm. So they were all with me and and also living. They were also gaslit by this person as well. So they all lived it. And I lent over and I went, I fucking hate it when a abusive. Uh, I said a, an abused woman is used as a plot point. I didn't know it was about to be the whole film. Right. So we all just sat there and had some of the most harrowing few hours Fuck. of our lives I'm because sorry. it's. There's so much about it that is like it's brilliant and so well done but in a f- it's to its credit there are so many things that resonate mm-hmm. in so crushingly so the two things that stuck out to me are the bits where um the, there's there's one bit where <clears throat> the guy the the ex is found and he's tied up and he's been kidnapped yeah and the thing of being like of course Part of this is that he it makes himself a victim, and like potentially at your ex, at your expense. Mm. And I was like, I felt so like hammer blowed by that of how real it feels to be like, of of course, like you know, and and the fact that she, yeah, yeah, that that of, of, that relates to that, what I was saying about that that song as well of being like, of course, my perceived external strength was like weaponized mm. to say well, I'm actually a victim of her. And I'm like, and I've just been too embarrassed to tell everyone that I was living this thing before now. And like, how dare you do that to me? And so when he, I saw that thing of him tied up, I was like, just had this like, what you feel like, I, my head was plunged underwater. It was horrible. And the other bit is right at the end where she's going, just say you did it and trying to like trap him on a wire. Yeah, And he won't. And it was like, that was like, that is the exact feeling of like you know how much this means to me to just admit this thing Mm. so i know i'm not insane i just need to hold on to that bit yeah because i'm like everything's fraying because that's the thing is when someone tells you you're mad enough you you start behaving madly you become mad it's it's so scary Mm. you can see yourself doing it and just that he won't give it to her but there's a tiny flicker that lets him her still know because he uses that sorry i just spot on the screen Mm -hmm. and he says something like uh what's the word is it like surprise he says surprise which is the thing he said before Mm. and it's like you want her to know but you don't want her to know and it's like you it's torture it's living torture because it means you suddenly can't trust your brain your Mm. instincts your friends what you're seeing isn't real like you know because your brain is telling you what you see and you already know you can't believe that. And your perception is warped. And just that that moment, I was like, you... Yeah, it was so brilliantly done, but so... I, I'm never someone who's like... I, I've got trigger warning in my latest show because it's about empathy and I'm trying to be more empathetic towards audiences. But, like, I was like, this needs to fucking flash up on a thing before, you know, mm. so you can... know." because I... I don't think I would have gone and seen right. it if I knew what it was about because it was, it was tu- uh, tough and it's that thing of, like, when you think you're past all this stuff, something happens and you're like, oh, yeah. no, it's still lots of healing to go with. And then the only problematic part, I thought, was... When she goes outside at the very end, and she sort of takes a deep breath, and mm-hmm. closes her eyes, and, and like, the, like the sentiment there is like, yeah, yeah done. And I, I, what I wanted to scream is like, this is just the <laughs> yeah. beginning. You're going to need a lot of therapy. <laughs> yeah, it's like he never goes. He never goes. Like you think he's gone, and then someone will say a word that they used to use when they describe when they were telling you that you're insane, and you're like, I'm right back there. Mm. Or you know, someone will flippantly say something that like, you're like that is what they used to say to me you know when I said you know I I think this or I think that or whatever and it, it, and it well I hope it goes, you know eventually but definitely not in this this period uh, so yeah I found that like it was an amazing film but because it was yeah. well done I found it really difficult
0: can I ask you a, a maybe slightly tricky question the, the, but obviously, don't answer if you don't want to. But so we're talking about it, chapter two, and that the way they de- had an abusive relationship, which I entirely agree felt sort of sort of badly done. It was like exploitative, and it was like I don't buy this, and it seems cheap to use this as a as a plot point. But then I saw The Invisible Man, and having not, uh, I've experienced a bit of what you've experienced, but clearly not at that level. And I'm very sorry that that happened to you. Right, so but I, you know, I, me watching The Invisible Man, I, I thought this is this is brilliant. This is very interesting. It seems like it's coming from a. To me, it seems like it's coming from quite a good place in terms of it's telling an entertaining film, but it's actually addressing a serious thing, and seems to be dealing with it accurately, at least having being in the position that you are in regardless of whether you would have chosen to see it or not having known what it is do you think there is anything wrong with an entertaining film using that sort of thing or is that do you understand my question
2: yeah yeah totally I think probably not. I think it's probably a good thing because mm. what can sometimes happen is I remember seeing things that I'd be like, oh, I hate that, and it's because they had addressed similar themes to what you're living, mm. and you are embarrassed by it, and you're it, it's sending off your instincts like, watch the fucking thing, it's telling you something, yeah, and you're like, oh, that was shit, or you dismiss something because it's it's. It's, you know, lighting that fire in you that is still telling you that you're not mad and that this is really happening to you. So I think it's probably brilliant that what is going to be a big blockbuster, you know, monster film, yeah. lots of people will and go, hold on, that's the kind of behaviour. Yeah. There's a bit in it as well where they're sat down with her and they're talking about it and she's basically going, listen, he was, she's escaped and she was like, you know, he's abusive. And the first thing they ask is that, well, they go, um, did he hit you? Mm. And that is the thing is like, when you're not being punched, it's very hard to, Convince and convinces the world, people that you're being hurt, mm. and I think it that could have been dealt with slightly better, as in because she goes yeah and worse, and you're right. sort of meant to infer what you infer, but like
0: it's almost better me, if, if if she'd said no,
2: if she's like no, but he didn't need to, yeah, like because you do get to a point where you're like they they it. don't need to they don't need to hit you, so like but I I do think it's good. Um, but my worry is that, like, so, like, I think it'll resonate with some people. And then I think some people just take it as, like, oh, it's a, it's a psycho film and it's so far removed. But right. it's, like, it's so real. from, mm. Like, because I toured a comedy show about it. And I had, I think by the end of the tour, about a thousand messages. Three were from men and the rest were from women who were, like, you just ex- almost exactly told m- my story, except theirs would have more horrific things where, yeah. like, he lied about having cancer. Or he has two other wives in mm. different countries or you know because d- d- get and of and he told me my sister had died like stuff that Fucking is huge no. huge bigger than you like i definitely got was not anywhere near that kind of level of thing and yeah it, it's um i think for some people i think it it will mean that it means a foot is of that behavior is firmly in the fantastical realm mm. and i think for some people it means that they'll be like oh fuck is that it might resonate and it yeah. might be the thing that leads to them thinking about what's going on. So oh, fuck, I think is, it, my, it's kind of...
0: is my boyfriend invisible?
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, is he an optometrist? <laughs> um,
0: Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> God, this is resonating. <laughs> I just knocked a cup but, over. Did I? <laughs> fucking hell.
2: It's so brilliantly done.
0: Um, Kiri, thank you for that. What is the film you have or could watch the most over and over again?
2: Um, oh, okay, easy. Um, Gray Gardens.
0: Oh my God! What a love. treat!
2: Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it might okay, be I mean,
0: all our lives fairly soon. Gray Gardens. Gray Gardens uh, yes. is a, a portal into our futures.
2: Well, I love it so much. I love. Um, I love the story of how it came about. About basically, they wanted to do a documentary about Jackie O, mm-hmm. and then in doing that, they spoke to her auntie a favorite auntie and a cousin and we're like oh my god these two mad shut-in socialites (laughs) with no money eating cat food in a dilapidated mansion Mm. in in the hamptons like is um i said hamptons whatever area is um and then they go and do this documentary the mazel brothers and it is just everything it's Mm. so funny it's incredibly quotable It's so tragic. Mm. The codependency is really interesting exploration of mother and daughter relationships of like how women interact with each other of like, if if conflict goes unresolved like of codependency it's all this stuff and then occasionally the you know a character will drift in the marble fawn or whatever and there'll be a reference to the outside world but there's two women that hate each other that love each other they can't live without each other but are killing each other and it's like and then also like other fashion and it's so like it feels what even though they're both straight it feels like I don't know, it feels like a really important part of, like, queer history in a way of, like, so many of the themes that sort of resonate. And I think that's why, like, lots of of gay guys in particular have, like, massively taken it to their heart and obsessed with Grey Gardens. And these two sort of, like, mate. they both take it in terms to be mother and daughter. And, yeah, and then it also sort of has that uh mother wanted me to, no no not i've got a cough <clears throat> mother wanted me to come out in a kimono so we had quite a fight it's like such a great line and she's wearing that like, the most insane outfit yeah. and then also as soon as you it's one of those i absolutely love the, the film you watch it yeah she's got such a cool it's that weird accent that mayor quimby's got in yeah, the simpsons because yeah, he's yeah jfk kind of like
0: Mother wanted it's me to so come weird know we had quite a fight
2: yeah, and she's like, the neighbours didn't know that they no, the family didn't know that they were dealing with a staunch woman, S T A U N C. Staunch, so good. And then, oh, and then she's like, they'll get you for wearing red red shoes on a Tuesday here. Like, she's got such a cool accent, and it's one of the things is like, you know, when you love a film so much, you're like, I have to read everything about this. Yes. So you find out about like there's a really good HBO television film with Drew Barrymore and Jessica Lange, two absolute angels, that is sort of the prequel to the film, and it's amazing. So you find out about Little Edie and why she wears the turban, which is because she has alopecia. How she was like this, like she just refused to conform. She was like, "I'm not going to be defined by who I marry. I'm going to be an actor. I'm going to enjoy. Used to write poetry and was just like the one everyone wanted to marry." Wow. And like, and then got involved with this older guy, and then went back to New York, and then yeah, got and then because the dad left, she went back to her mum, and then her mum was like, "You have to stay here." And like, this kind of poison sets in, and God, it's just every part of it's fascinating. But it ends beautifully because of the film. She becomes this icon, and she does. She goes in the um, East Village in uh, in New York. She does like a two week residency of her one woman show, mm-hmm. and it's like the audience are. Rapped, you know she sings songs quite badly, but then does her own stuff, and everyone is blown away by her. So she gets what she always wanted. Oh, she's just nice. in a, yeah, she's just in the seventies when she does it. She comes out in this red dress that she's got on backwards, <laughs> so like the zip is going up the front, and I just, I just love it. I just love so much of it. Yeah,
0: that's great. Um, Kiri, you're in comedy. You're an award winner. Uh, what's the film that made you laugh the most?
2: This is, I, again, this is stolen from my brother's um, DVD collection. Um, and I hadn't seen the first film that led to these sets of films being made. Is Best in Show.
0: That is a S- funny film.
2: So funny. Catherine O'Hara, as my life goes on, I realise mm. what an unbelievable treasure she is. Yeah. Because obviously it's like Home Alone. She's in all the, like, Best in Show things. Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice, fucking... Uh, she's Sally in uh, Nightmare Night Night for Christmas.
0: Thank you very much.
2: She's so great in that. And I've just started watching, is it what something, Creek, the series? Uh, Schitt's Schitt's... Creek. She's amazing. Mm. She's so funny. Yeah. So, like, the bit where she wa- is walking the dog around the ring and her leg <laughs> is going. Like, however she managed to do that is... Just fucking so, so funny. And when they're her and is it Eugene? Levy. Uh, Levy. I like, s- s- God loves a terrier. It's so <laughs> funny. And and when they're talking about how they met and he uh, she she wanted him to dance and he's like, No, I've got two left feet. I've got two left feet. And then it just pans down to two left feet. And she's like, And she thought I was joking, but I I really have two left feet. <laughs> and then um, she's so good. And oh God, what's the. Uh, so. Uh, Jennifer Coolidge yeah. is so fucking perfect in it and she's with um. what's the name of the actor she plays Sue in the Glee oh Claire. oh she's amazing she's in Mean Girls as well right
0: yeah uh, Jane Lynch
2: that's it Jane Lynch so, so the, the beautiful thing of Jennifer Coolidge is married to this man who is obviously like just the, the oldest richest man and there's a great scene when she's like She's like, we have loads in common. We both love soup. We both love we both love talking and not talking. We could not talk for hours. And it's just delivered so brilliantly. And then the idea that she has this this like really dashing lesbian uh, dog trainer that, that she ends up getting off with is just so great and so funny. Yeah, and it's just like, it's got so much, and obviously the dog dog people are fucking mad. Yeah. They are, like, and it's it's so well done. And it's there's just so many, again, I just want to quote it all the time. And because they, they've got those two judges... And one of the judges is just a fucking idiot. He's like, do you think they should wear like a little hat to make it funny? And he's like, no, I, I don't think they need to do that. And it's, yeah, it's just great. It's so great. Kiri
0: Pritchard-McLean, you have been, I mean, this has been emotional, let's not lie. It's been incredibly <laughs> emotional and um, you've been wonderful and there have been such brilliant answers and I want to cry. Anyway, uh, when you survived the coronavirus... <laughs> Got survived asbestos in your barn. You Mm -hmm. were basically, in many ways, one of the last people standing. You were in perfect health and you got in the bath to have a shower. You stepped in it, you slipped over and your boobs (laughs) (laughs) strangled you. They turned on you, as you called it, turned on you uh, because they were mad at you because you'd been disparaging about them in the press recently. (laughs) And they strangled you to death. And then I was, we, we, no one found you for ages. And I was on a, a holiday in Wales, as, I'm, as I am n- as never do. And I was walking through Wales and I came across this this farm. And it was empty and I went through it and I thought, oh, wow, this is beautiful. And I went into the bathroom and there you were, breasts wrapped around your neck. <laughs> and ah! and uh, mould, because you'd been so long, mould around the bathroom had now spread over you. You were absolutely covered in it. You had a massive amount of mold over you, and it was really weird. And I'd brought a coffin the exact size of you, but now there was much more of you than I'd planned. And uh, and I hadn't, you know, in the, the breasts, when they'd killed you, they'd started eating your face as well, so they'd <laughs> grown too. Anyway, i have to chop you up into pieces, try and fit you in, stuff you into this coffin, but there's a lot more than I'd pl- planned for. Mm-hmm. I get all of you in. Good news is I've got you all in. The tricky <laughs> thing is... There's only enough room for me to slip one DVD in the side of the coffin with you. You can take that to the other side. And on the other side, it's movie night every night. And one night, it's your movie night. What film are you taking to show everyone in heaven? Kiri Pajama Pritch- clean.
2: Fantastic, Mr Fox. Absolutely.
0: Beautiful. <sighs> Kiri, I've loved this. It's, it's been all right. Oh, mate, it's been like therapy. Uh, (laughs) is there anything you would like to tell people to look out for or to listen to in the coming
3: weeks
2: um um, no i'm um i'm hopefully going to be on tour again soon i don't know when you're listening to this but i try and tour every single year so yeah just come and see me live i suppose that would be nice if you liked what i had to say
0: go and see her live and it will make you cry a little bit less than this podcast might have done
2: <laughs> oh yeah got a, I've got a podcast as well about serial killers or killer no filler if you're into that kind of thing but mainly it's just me and Rachel Ferber and chatting shit so uh,
0: and hopefully we will have Rachel on soon we will also have Kiri's partner on um, I think that this Skype business has not been a disaster and hopefully it means <laughs> we can make many more uh, thank you very much have a lovely time in the afterlife lots of love to you So that was episode 88. As I say, there is extra stuff in the Patreon with Kiri, but don't join the Patreon unless you have shitloads of money. Give your money to people that need it more. Uh, But you can go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and write about the film that means the most to you and why. If you have a look, people have been doing that, and the stories are always moving. I mean, some of them are funny, but fuck me, they're all moving. Have a look, it's beautiful. Anyway. Thank you so much to Kiri for doing the show. Thank you all for listening. Thanks to Scroobius Pip and the Distraction Pieces Network. Thanks to Buddy Peace for producing it. Thanks to ACAST for hosting it. Thanks to Adam Richardson for the graphics. Lisa Lydon for the photography. For the photography. For the photography. Keep that in. Sure, why not? Come join me next week, where my incredible guest is Mr Nick Mohammed, the writer, star and creator of Intelligence, starring Ross from Friends. I was going to put that out this week, but we'd recorded this a few weeks back, and it felt weird not to put out an episode that acknowledged the current situation. But you'll have a right laugh with Nick next week and it will be a delight. So, I say this now and I mean it more than ever. In the meantime, have a lovely week and please, everyone, be excellent to each other.
2: The yeah.